Welcome to the SaaS Ad Lab podcast where we bring to you the stories of SaaS founders, entrepreneurs, and CEOs. My name is Luis. I'm the owner and founder of Phantom Agency, a digital marketing agency specializing in scaling SaaS companies. And today we have the pleasure of interviewing Chris, uh, co-founder of Fireflies.ai. And uh, thank you for taking the time today out of your day to spend a little bit more time with us, telling us a little bit more about your product, how you found the right product, and uh, really understanding you know, what was something that was missing in the market and how to build something around that pain point, right? So um, again, thank you for being here. And I do want to mention, for, uh, before we get into anything else, Chris was kind enough to provide us with free credits. So anytime that you join uh, Fireflies.ai, they'll give you a number of credits for free that you can use up. And uh, there will be a link for that in the descriptions. So you can go ahead and try that out. And uh, Chris, why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself? Yeah, you know, thanks for having me on. I'm really excited to you know, talk more about our background, the platform. And I think it's great what you guys are doing. So um, props you. to you guys for setting all this up. Appreciate uh, yeah, you know, where should we start? Maybe a little bit about me, right? So my background is I was a product manager back at Microsoft. Um, I've founded this company with someone else. Um, so that is my co-founder, Sam. Uh, he was at MIT doing a lot of deep learning and machine learning stuff. Um, and, you know, we got together and we started this company about a year and a half ago. Awesome. And uh, it's been quite a journey. And mm -hmm. what Fireflies does, uh, quite simply, is a conversation tracking platform. Um, and what that means is it joins your meetings and sales calls and automatically records, transcribes, captures them, and then logs them into the systems that you already use today. So whether it's your CRM like Salesforce, uh, whether it's... Uh, another application like Slack, uh, and we basically help unify all your communication and conversations and capture those for your team. And as you can imagine, if you're having sales calls, you're having lots of them probably, and it's super important to be able to look, at, look back at those calls, analyze them, and figure out you know, what you need to do for your follow-up calls and things like that. Um, but yeah, just a conversation tracking platform, anything that has to do with sales calls or meetings will be there. That's awesome. That's a great product. And I was just telling you before the meeting, uh, essentially, you know, some of the things that you have to do before, you know, you're able to, to take on a different project or a different product. Sorry. Um, so for example, whether it's recording a phone call via Evernote or just a good old, like a little recorder thing, whatever it needs to be, but essentially it's extremely important, right. To, to really understand what the phone call is about. And, and then and this is something that I've been, you know, that I've dealt with in the past where essentially you, you're on a phone call and there's just a lot of moving pieces where you kind of forget about, or you're focused on something else and the, the individual's already talking about the next three points ahead of you, right. And you're still thinking on the last one. And if you don't have a software like Fireflies, right, you're kind of missing some of that information that could be very, very crucial to whether it's a deal or whatever it may be with, with a customer or with client, right? So again, I think the product is amazing and it's really hitting on a, on a pain point that a lot of businesses um, really, you know, have um, where they're missing these key details in phone calls and things like that. So it's an awesome product. Uh, props for, for finding, you know, the, the, the right product and, and the market to make this. And why don't you tell us a little bit more about that? So essentially, how did you find product market fit and, and where does that all fall into place? Sure. Um, for us, you know, it had to do with a lot more of opening up the platform, seeing how people were using it and then being able to determine based on certain usage patterns and identifying what customer segments 
are really getting value out of this, right? And who are the power users and trying to identify if we could bring more of those type of people back to the platform. And what that really comes down to is two things, right? Is like, what is the problem you're solving? And is, is the solution that you're providing them 10X enough for them to adopt it and change whatever existing behavior they have? When it comes to product market fit, a lot of times you're thinking you're competing with competitors, but in reality, you're competing with people's laziness, right? They don't want to change. They don't want to be able to do something else unless it's going to make their life 10 times better. Mm-hmm. And for us, you know, we started looking at a lot of folks, especially folks in the sales domain and customer support domain, folk, folks you know, like yourself that are in front of customers talking to lots of people. And we noticed, right, they're having back-to-back-to-back calls. You know, they'll be jumping from one Zoom call to the next to the next, and uh, they're never able to log information inside their CRM. And whether they're using a you know, small, medium-sized CRM like Pipedrive or Zoho, or whether they're using a large enterprise CRM like Salesforce, that common is uniform across all sorts of salespeople because you know, they're spending majority of their time trying to have these conversations and data entry is the last thing that they want to worry about. Mm-hmm. And then also when you're in the call itself, right, you don't want to be scrambling to take notes and trying to listen and then trying to think of a response to say, it's too hard. We're terrible at multitasking. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things we started doing was asking our power users, right, why are you using this? And why would you complain if we like turn this off tomorrow and you could never access it? And that came down to two key things. One was, hey, it lets me stay present in the meeting and it lets me actually think about, you know, listening to those people and come up with thoughtful responses. And I don't have to worry about having to like remember stuff and write things down. That's all taken care of for me. The second value part is as I use Fireflies more and more, uh, you know, it becomes more valuable to me because I'm able to go back and search all my past calls. So if I've had 50 calls in the last two months, I could use Fireflies to go back and search that exact call where I was talking about, you know, a particular integration, for example, right? Uh, and go down to the specific minute and the timestamp and know exactly what was said. And that's extremely valuable for me because a lot of the deals that I do require two to three phone calls before I close them and it requires a lot of follow-ups. Um, and in order for me to do a good job of personalizing my follow-ups, I need to remember what was said on those calls. And I want to be able to hop back in and actually look at those. And using those two core value drivers, we started figuring out, okay, how do we build a platform that's simple enough, uh, the user experience is clear enough, and we're not, um, uh, we're not trying to like overcomplicate things for users. And that coupled with really good onboarding was really important for us to get that message across um, and then just start cranking the wheel. And then as you start seeing more people adopt the platform in that manner, uh, it ended up helping us a lot in terms of Uh, being able to see uh, usage and then get these guys to essentially, you know, you know, they get hooked on the platform and they don't want to stop using it. And that was like, that's when, you know, you've had that product market fit. Uh That's awesome. That's a lot of insight into, you know, what it really takes to figure out whether you have it or not. Uh, And I think you touched on a real, a lot of really good points and essentially, you know, finding the pain points and, and, and I'm interested in understanding a little bit more about what kind of churn, uh, Fireflies is currently looking at, right? Essentially, um, and like you said, I think a product like this becomes, uh, after you know a certain period of time, it becomes so essential that not having it turns into a pain point again, right? So you're going back to to you know essentially having to keep doing all these things manually or having to go to like you said a competitor or something like that. Um, but the biggest thing is really the laziness that you touched on. And, and a lot of people, you know, when you, when you really 
make someone's life easier, that's when they're hooked. And uh, so, so that's why I want to know what, what, what does churn look like if there's even any at this point? Yeah, I think we're, uh, you know, further along enough to that where we can start talking about churn and it, it is, uh, you know, low single digits and mm -hmm. that's typical for SMB uh, sort of SaaS products. Um, for us, churn is less of a concern and I think churn is usually a lagging indicator. The leading indicator we look at when we think about metrics is dormancy. Um, and that was a huge thing we wanted to solve. Um, and one of the things that we did was, right, like Fireflies, you know, people will use it in a few meetings, they'll feel like it's, it's great, and then, you know, people tend to forget about it, right? Um, you might have like 40 apps on your phone, for example, but you only really used five apps. Yeah. Similarly, you might have like 10 web, you know, subscriptions, but you're really using only a few sites. And for us, we wanted to set the value around usage and engagement, um, and that was very key for us. And some of the things we did to improve that, right? And ultimately this also improves fixing churn and other, other things was getting people to use it in as many meetings as possible without even having to think about it. So we enabled a feature where you connect it to your calendar and anywhere in the calendar where there's a web conferencing system or a dial-in uh, for a meeting, it automatically can join that call and capture it for you. So people don't have to constantly think about inviting our assistant to meetings like via email, like uh, we have a, our assistant's ID is fred at fireflies.ai. And so people could manually invite it to meetings. But when we turn on this auto join feature, uh, usage went through the roof and then stickiness and uh, went through the roof because we were solving that laziness aspect because people are lazy even just to invite our assistant yeah. to a meeting. Um, and so for us, that was some, one of the big things we did to solve dormancy uh, early on in, in our, um, you know, in our uh, you know, progress. And the other value is now that you've gotten the base, you know, barrier to entry out of the way now you can start thinking about you know how do i engage with people uh, or customers based on how they're using it mm -hmm. and so we look at different things like how often are they uh, routing it to different uh, integrations uh, how are they able to um, essentially look back and review and search and do all that stuff and we start tracking a bunch of these uh, soft signals um, but ultimately you know how many meetings can we get them to get it in and also, if you notice, our pricing is very much aligned towards usage and engagement. Because mm -hmm. um, if you use it, that's only when we get paid. Um, and that's kind of the value system that we have with the system uh, or with our customers. And I think that's really helped align all of our engineering team and all of our uh, marketing and design folks to start thinking more about the one and only true thing that mattered to us was like, how do we get these guys to use it? as often as possible and derive value from it without having to think too much about it. And fixing that eventually fixes that lagging indicator, which is true. That's awesome. And uh, so now that you give me a little bit more about, you know, the, the product and, and how it really works with, with, especially with that pretty much automated um, system, right? Where it joins the call. And at the beginning of the call, we had another phone number in, in this meeting and I didn't know what you meant by that. Uh, you said that Fireflies joined the meeting and I, I honestly, I was kind of lost. I didn't necessarily like, I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so essentially that's what that is. So we have Fireflies currently in the meeting, listening to everything that we're saying, transcribing everything. And then later today when the meeting's over, Chris is going to have everything, every single detail of this meeting, this, you know, conference, whatever you want to call it. Um, on whatever CRM you use, which is pretty, uh, honestly, it's kind of mind blowing to be honest. And I think it's awesome 
because um, I never really thought of it that way. But now that it kind of happened and it happened in the back of my head without me even thinking about it, um, yeah. that was really cool. Um, that was that was pretty awesome, to be honest. So uh, yeah, thank you for <laughs> and, that experience. And, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that's, that's really cool. Because, yeah, Fireflies shows up on time to meetings. You know, I had the habit of, you know, I showed up a little late. Uh-huh. Um, we all tend to do that. So it's, it's really refreshing to know that, okay, who's that thing on the call? It's always going to be Fireflies is going to yeah. be one of the first people on the call. Um, so that's usually a really cool thing. And then also this is what happens, right? The product sells itself because I'm able to talk to people when I have my meetings and then and they're asking you about it. Yeah. They ask about it and I tell them to, Hey, this call's being recorded by the way. I have this AI thing that, you know, we build, I don't even talk about my company. I just say, hey, I'm using this AI thing to record <laughs> our call. Is that okay with you? Otherwise I'll have, I'll boot it off the call. And then they're like, Oh, tell me a little bit about it. And then afterwards I'm like, you know what, let me actually send you what it caught uh, from the meeting. and then. There it is. Like I, you know, influence someone to purchase the product, no, yeah, the product like, without having cool. to like sell them. Right. Cause I, I fundamentally believe that people want to make, be able to make that purchasing decision on their mm-hmm. own or like feel like they're going to get value out of it and then make it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I'm not a big believer in that you have to like do a fancy sale and a demo to be able to like convince these people to purchase this product. And that also reflects in the way we built yeah. our company. Um, and so we feel like you buy because you see it in action and you see value from it. Um, so it's great that you mentioned it because now you're like, oh, let me go check this out after this call. No, yeah, yeah. I was then and it, actually before the call even started, before you you know joined, and maybe this was what happened. So I was sitting here, and then it seemed like someone joined the meeting, and I started saying hello, and I didn't get anything, and I'm guessing that's what it was. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we'll maybe, do a better job of having Fred, uh, you know, talk and talk to you during the meeting. Uh, that'd be a cool feature. We'll say, Hey, by the way, you know, Chris hasn't joined yet. Uh, but I'm, I'm an AI assistant. What's up? Yeah. yeah we'll that'd be cool super stuff. awesome. But <laughs> no, that, that was definitely like a, a pretty, honestly, like an eye opening experience on, on what the product really is and how it works. Right. And, and this was before I really understood what this, you know, what it was, I guess. Um, yeah. you know, it just, it was kind of weird, but cool. And in, in the, good way. Uh, so that's awesome. And uh, essentially, w- one of the things I want to talk about too is the background, right, of the product. So you're, you're fixing this pain point um, that a lot of people have, especially in, 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 in the sales industry and things like that. So how did you find that this was the case? Yeah, um, I think that, you know, from my background, I'm from an engineering uh, product management background. So I don't have sales experience necessarily. Uh-huh. Uh, both my co-founder and I are both from an engineering background. Um, and I had this pain because when I was at Microsoft, I had tons and tons of meetings, right? And then my job was to like have these meetings, manage them, uh, get everyone on the same page after meetings. I'm like, oh, I wish I could just someone join that meeting, take notes, and then I don't have to do it. They'll go and look at that transcript and then they'll know what they need to do, right? Uh-huh. Makes my job easier. Uh, that was the angle we came from. And I think today we still have a large segment of users that still use it for internal meetings and things mm-hmm. like that. Uh, consulting meetings, client meetings, and things like that, right? Um, but what we realized is, you know, once we started, you know, iterating on a bunch of products and started selling and doing other things, we had to get on calls, right? We had to get on calls with a bunch of people. And I'm, I, I could not remember, like, what was it that I said on that call? Now I wish I could remember, like, I need that information, because otherwise, I can't close this deal, uh-huh. or I can't follow <laughs> up with this person. And it became a pain point. And then we started digging deeper into, I'm actually using Fireflies more on my sales and customer calls, uh, more than I'm using it on my internal meetings. Mm-hmm. Um, and why is that? And so we started really focusing on that use case. It's not that today people can't go and use it on an internal meeting. 
uh, all types of users use it. But we tend to focus more on the, the use case and the value prop around customer calls. Um, and also the value, right? Like think about how much money you spend, right? If you're an organization on trying to do marketing to get a lead and then get them on a demo mm -hmm. um, and then have that sales call, right? So you're spending already a ton of money acquiring this lead. Um, you're paying agencies, you're doing all sorts of things. You're running Facebook campaigns, Google AdWords, and you get one shot at having this conversation with people. Yeah. Um, and you get that one shot at recording and capturing that call. And a lot of times, right, let's say you spent 50 bucks trying to get that person through the door and have a call with you. And then it just was a so-so call and you didn't remember a single thing. And you just wasted 50 bucks right there, right? Mm -hmm. And maybe what Firefly's cost is like, like a dollar for that call, for capturing that call for you. Uh, but that data is infinitely valuable because whether that deal closes or not, you now have information that you can use to empower everyone on your team um, on figuring out how do I close this account or how do I uh, eventually, like essentially understand what's working, what's not working. So for us, right, the way we found this value uh, problem was when we got into hyper sales mode and started selling our own product, uh, we realized that this was a huge pain point. And then we started, you know, living in the shoes of what like a sales rep or an SDR or an account executive does on a day-to-day -day basis. Uh -huh. And we realized, wow, you know, we're doing this almost like 40% of our time because we're doing engineering and all these other things. But think about a rep where from, you know, morning till evening, every single day, they just got to grind. Uh -huh. Right. And I feel like salespeople have some of some of the strongest like work ethic and mm -hmm. hustle uh, that you'll ever see. But, you know, we can make their life a little bit easier. And so I had a bunch of friends that were sales reps from uh, SDRs to AEs, started talking to them. And I started talking to managers about, OK, like, what are your biggest pain points with, with your reps? And they, they always say two things. Right. I want my reps to be more productive and stop wasting time doing other things. Um, and I, two is I want to make sure I have better oversight into what the heck's happening in my business and mm. my CRM is only as good as what data is in there, right? Whether I want to do pipelines, projections, forecasting, and this is usually for larger orgs, right? When they're starting right. to think more about uh, the, the funnel um, and none of that can be done if your reps aren't entering data into the CRM. Uh -huh. um, so it's like a win-win for both reps. Like, Hey, this saves me a ton of time. My manager doesn't have to nag me about uh, putting stuff into my CRM. Mm -hmm. And then from manager's perspective, I can use this data to like on my one-on-ones to coach them. Uh, to train them, uh, to actually like figure out forecasts. And when we come up with, uh, you know, scores of, hey, how likely is this deal cl uh, going to close? Um, they can't BS you now. You have the exact information you need to know that if it's actually going to close or it's, you know, uh, less likely to close and have that information. And it just keeps mm -hmm. everyone in check and accountable. Yeah. That's Hopefully awesome. that answered your question about, we were doing it ourselves. We felt the pain point. No, and then we started talking to other friends that, we're doing this on a full-time basis mm -hmm. and then we got it in their hands and uh, then we started talking up the food chain to managers and then that's how we found out okay holy crap there's there's value here beyond just recording a call and transcribing it there's value enriching crms and uh, building workflows and use cases that allow uh teams to do much more on top of the market. yeah absolutely and i think there's there's a lot of different scenarios where this could be a useful product right essentially I mean, there's so many things that happen on a sales call or whatever you want to call it. Um, and, and one of the things that I kind of, I thought about is, you know, really finding the, the, how is this product going to give me a return on my investment? Right. And so you touched on the fact that the pricing model is, is based on usage. So essentially I'm not entirely sure of how it's working at the moment. Right. But for example, let's say that you have one sales call 
and that's, I don't know, one, five credits, whatever it is, then that one sales call, now you have all the information that you need to close it because essentially it's just, it's just taking whatever information the other, the prospects gave you and positioning it and positioning it, framing it right. So that you can then come in as an expert or whatever it is. And sometimes it's, it's things as simple as, um, for example, having a, a, you know, when, when you're talking, I think one of the things that gets missed on a lot of sales calls is being more personable and really, you know, being a little bit more, more, um, what's the right word? Um, I guess just more intimate with, with whoever you're talking, right. And sometimes when you first get on the phone call, you're talking about little details like building report right earlier on the call, whether it's, Oh, what did you do this weekend? You hang out with your family and things like that. And you can use things like that later on in the phone call that you're not going to remember unless you have everything written out. And, and essentially to, you know, like you said, sales reps are having calls back to back to back to back. And it's not even the fact that they can't write every single thing down, but also the fact that they can get things mixed up. And yeah. I'm talking about this specific person, right? Maybe she has, maybe she has a daughter or, or, or something, right? And then you're talking to someone else and maybe she's a widow. And if you get, or, or maybe she lost her daughter and maybe it's not something you want to bring up you know, and mix and match because it's totally going to ruin the call. Um, and it's not because the deal didn't work out or it's, it's just because of a simple personal detail about that specific individual, um, that just, you know, made you lose the deal. Um, so again, there's, there's a lot of really cool ways to, to look at fireflies and, and really understand, you know, where it can, it can be a successful product for many, many people. Yeah, that's, re that's really cool. Actually, we had a couple of customers where, you know, you would think everything's about budget and, uh, you know, who's the owner, uh, what's the timeline, next steps, mm -hmm. these sort of stuff. But we've had people come back to me and tell me, uh, hey, you know, on one of the calls, we were actually talking about we both had the same dog and yeah. we ended up building rapport based on that. And then I used that on the next follow-up calls or I personalized my emails based on that. That actually created a higher open rate and then being mm -hmm. able to like, get back a uh, response from these people and then actually eventually closing the sale. And I think we're seeing this movement in sales as well as a whole, like the macro trend where uh -huh. we've had all these automation tools when it comes to engaging, right? Where you send out a bunch of cold emails, drip campaigns, um, uh, open rates become extremely low. And we're seeing the shift back to you've got to personalize. Um, and that's where you have this whole trend around account-based marketing, account-based sales, where you have to strategically personalize, right? You have to personalize at scale some, somewhere or the other. And the best way to personalize is really having a genuine conversation with your prospects and leads and being able to then use that, right? And do solution selling based on what pain points that they have. Um, and I think that's, that's extremely critical. And I'm glad we're able to help people personalize more. Yeah. And for us, we think that sales software and like AI that we're working on can really help in the back office in the back end doing the administrative grunt work. Mm -hmm. um, I still think sales conversations themselves, the actual calls, uh, the emails, the touch points is a very still human thing. And replacing and automating humans there, I think, is the wrong focus uh, because having that is extremely important in order to be able to do um, you know these sort of things. And I think that we're helping people have better conversations. I think ultimately that leads to everything you said about better rapport and ultimately closing deals. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I mean, and everything, you know, revolves around, and this is something that's been touched on 
ever since one individual brought it up in another podcast and it's creating things that are not scalable or doing things that are not scalable. Um, and, and this is something that I recently heard, you know, in the SaaS industry. And I feel like I wasn't necessarily aware of it before, but it, you know, it's true. And it struck me really hard. And I really just, I literally just talked about this in the past podcast that I did earlier, but essentially you're able to do, you know, with, with fireflies, something that is, not scalable, like remembering tons of details of every single person that you speak to um, and make it a little bit more scalable, right? It's not going to be, right? It's not going to be, it's not going to help you remember it, but it's going to be there so that you can go back and look at it, go back and listen to that specific point in time or read it, right? Uh, going back and, and I'm not entirely sure how the, how the product works entirely and, and what sort of the features are, right? But um, you did mention that you could go back to specific a minute or whatever time frame and listen to a specific point is that correct yeah you can so we actually give you a way to be able to go back and search all your calls mm -hmm. um and that's something where you can go back re-listen to the call at the exact time frame or you can actually go back and uh read the transcript um you can also click on any part of the transcript and then listen to exactly what was said because many times it's one thing reading the transcript and searching through the transcript and then there's another huge value add being able to actually listen to how it was said, what was said, Absolutely. how it is said is sometimes just as important, if not more than what exactly was said. So uh -huh. we have all those capabilities. And then we have a bunch of things around smart search. Um, so there are things where we can let you search specifically to when they're talking about pricing, right? Or when they're talking about discounts, when they're talking about dates and times, uh, when they're talking about metrics. Uh, you know, all sorts of things. And then we have our own custom AI models. Like, for example, um, if you go to our dashboard and you don't want to read that entire transcript or listen to it, you can click a filter and it'll filter through and suggest you keep, these are all the action items from the call, right? If I said something like, let me send you the slides after this uh -huh. meeting, or I'll send out, out the contract by next Friday, it'll go highlight those things. And so if I'm a manager, if I'm a rep, I know exactly like within five minutes, what are the key takeaways from that call versus yeah. having to sit and re-listen to a 30 minute call? Oh man, that is so awesome. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just selling myself right now. <laughs> no, this, this is literally like one of the coolest products I've had on the podcast. So um, yeah, it's, it's super, I think, I don't, I don't, I don't know how to describe it to be honest. I just think it's super like revolutionary or whatever the word you want to talk uh, use for that. Right. But yeah, that's awesome, man. And uh, essentially what's been one of the, one of the, let's talk a little bit more about, you know, the growth of the company and, and what's been taking place in that, in that sense. So what's one of the, what's been one of the most successful things as far as getting people to actually find out about you guys? Yeah. So if we look at top of the funnel, right. Um, you know, up to this point, everything has been organic. Um, and I think that's, uh, really credit to how uh, the team has thought of, thought through acquisition. Mm -hmm. um, it's acquired through, uh, you know, folks that are sharing it with their friends, sharing with their colleagues. We had this really crazy trend where we had a company in Atlanta, Georgia, like one person was using it. Within a week, we had like a dozen people using it. And within a month, we had four surrounding companies that did business with that one company end up using it and people within those companies using it. Um, I think meetings are naturally viral. Um, and people being able to also say, hey, this call is being recorded. It's being recorded by this tool. Um, that helps spread it a lot. And I've, mm -hmm. I've gone into meetings where I've gone into events where I say, oh, I work on this company called Fireflies. Why does that name sound familiar? Oh, it was on one of my calls I had with someone last week. So mm -hmm. for us, I think 
ultimately the best sort of marketing or, or growth is word of mouth marketing. That's how a lot of consumer companies grow. And I think it's still true in B2B SaaS today because a lot of people bring their own devices to work. You have, you know, companies like Dropbox that were able to just spread because everyone was already using it. And then they're like, Hey manager, you should just use this. This is how Slack spread. Um, and so we re we're really big believers in letting the product do the talking. Um, and a lot of times that makes it easier too, when we're trying to explain what the product does, it's like, you've already seen what the product does. Right. And like, you know how it works. You've seen, you've experienced it before you even thought about uh, using it or buying yeah. it. Um, and I think that that's been like the key for us. And then we're starting to look at, you know, deeper focus on different integration channels, uh, you know, building richer integrations and letting, right. For example, if you're a Zoho CRM user or a fresh sale CRM user or a copper CRM user, um, and you use Zoom or you use WebEx, that's perfect. Fireflies connects to all those platforms. So if I'm a WebEx and a copper user, or if I'm a Zoom and a fresh sales user, um, or if I'm a uh, Google Meet and Zoho user, we support all, all different combinations, right? Mm -hmm. And it's really interesting because if you think about it, uh, folks within an organization, some will use Zoom, some will use some other web conferencing platform. And we basically integrate with every single web business web conferencing platform out there on the market. And we integrate with a host of CRMs. So it's like a lot of mixing and matching. Yeah. Um, and that also helps a lot because like people come and say, oh, can I use, this is my workflow. These are the tools I use. Can Fireflies uh, work, fix, you know, uh, get involved into those tools and they, they do. Um, so those have been the two levers, like word of mouth, people seeing it in action, right? Yeah. And then being able to just be very, very flexible in terms of integrating with people's workflows and the tools that they use today. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. And uh, as far as, you know, let's, let's talk a little bit more about the ugly parts of entrepreneurship and startups and things like that. So my favorite, yes, <laughs> the truth needs to be told. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So with all this, you know, growth and success and really, you know, being able to see all these great things happening, there's obviously, and there's always going to be something to balance it out, right? Uh, whether we like it or not, I feel like. So what are some of the things that you've encountered that have been, you know, some of the, the hardest things really to overcome as, as this journey has happened? Yeah, huh, let's see. Uh, there's two, I think, you know, there's a couple places, right? Let's look on the uh, engineering side of things. Um, you know, two years ago, this probably might not have been feasible. The technology wasn't mature enough. So there was a huge problem around, is the technology where it needs to be? And then this other concept of, can we scale this, right? Um, Fireflies might be on this call, but it could possibly be on like 500 other calls, right? How do you support and scale infrastructure like that? It's not something you hack up over a weekend, right? And then you start like saying, hey, everyone use it. Um, it's not like a Chrome extension or some quick hack you can build. There has to be serious thought put into how you build your microservices, how you build uh, you know, your containers, how do you actually have failover. And you know, especially because these calls are happening in real time, if yeah. it's lost, it's lost, right? Um, and so thinking about scale was such a huge thing for us. There would be nights where I, we'd wake up, um, especially my co-founder, uh, would wake up at 2 a.m., restart servers, start like doing all that uh, you know, hustle. And we really look at engineering success by uh, how many incidents do we have to deal with where we have to wake yeah. up in the middle of the night. And that number is going down more and more recently. So that's, that's been really good. And for us, uh, scale and infrastructure is a huge aspect of building this business. And I, I say it over and over again. Yes, the machine learning, deep learning, and all the AI neural network stuff we do. Um, but ultimately, right, you need a stable, reliable system right, before you can even 
and put all those things into play. And I think that's, that's been a huge, uh, you know, it's like chipping away at the problem because there's always going to be bugs and edge cases uh, and things like that. So what I would suggest to founders and other SaaS folks is, yep, the product is going to be ugly on day one, right? Uh, but you got to do whatever it takes to push it out the door as quickly as possible. Otherwise, you're going to be building forever. Um, and you need to be able to be okay with it if you're like a perfectionist to be, okay, I know those bugs. I know those, uh, those issues are there but are we solving the core use case and getting it out to people as quickly as possible and then chipping away at the problem. You know, people have this temptation to build more features, whereas instead of focusing on that core two or three features and making that really refined uh -huh. and it's tempting, right? Because what you tend to realize is, Oh, I would get a customer if I built this and if I built that. And then what you end up having is you end up having like a ton of features and from an engineering side, uh, maintaining those features and sustaining those features and making them bug free is a huge pain. Mm -hmm. And so you actually start incurring debt uh, from your engineering cycles in terms of being able to do that. So that's from the engineering side, one of the bigger challenges, right? Um, the other challenge I would say is, especially in the early days, how do you get your first 10 customers? How do you get, mm -hmm. you know, your first five customers at least? Um, and how do you make sure that they're successful and really, really engaged versus they signed up, they're like so-so lukewarm? Um, I think the worst thing you can have is like a bunch of customers that are like, nah, this is a, this is okay. Yeah. Um, and it took us a long time to find that use case where people were like obsessed and using it a lot, um, where calls are inherently valuable. I'm not mm -hmm. saying it's not valuable in internal meetings, but to be honest, a lot of internal meetings are just where people tend to have like, you know, if that meeting doesn't happen, you're getting paid to have another meeting, right? Yeah. Especially at large corporate companies. Um, whereas when I talked about sales calls, you mess up on that call or you lose information from that call, it's like over, right? Yeah. So the stakes are a lot higher. There's value, uh, you know, associated with it. Uh, and a lot of times it's not about changing the product, but changing the segment you're going after and then changing the pitch for that segment. Um, so you might have a great product, but it might be lukewarm for a certain customer segment. Then mm -hmm. you just start step back and start thinking about, um, you know, do I need to change my technology or do I need to change my customer? And a lot of times it's easier to change your customer than to go back and rebuild your entire technology. No, that makes completely sense. And uh, as far as the, the, you touching on, on, you know, finding the right customer a couple of times. So what is the, what is your ideal customer essentially, you know, are, are you niche down or are you taking, you know, a wide variety of industries? Yeah. Awesome. I think you can break this into the size of the customer the the role and then the domain and industry like however you want to segment it for mm -hmm. us right we started super focused or actually we started super broad and then we started zooming in and that was the right thing to do um and we started looking at customers uh that were typically actually uh all the scale of like smb small teams uh all the way up to enterprise initially and then we started finding a lot more success um, you know, in the SMB segment, because our product is something anyone can go try and use and, and, and then go pay for it. Um, so a lot of the SMBs are much easier adoption, just getting through the funnel. Um, you know, as we start scaling, we're eventually going to get to teams where it is going to hit mid-market, high enterprise level deals. Uh, but the conversations there are fundamentally different. So you need to realize, are you okay with really long sales cycles um, and going through security, going through procurement, and dealing with all that crap? Um, it's absolutely necessary, but it is as a, if you're an early stage company, it's really, really tough. Right. And so think about, do you have the resources to invest in that? Um, and some people do, right. Some people only do enterprise top down. Um, and then there's companies that go bottoms up. We're definitely a bottoms up company. And then we have 
you know, large organizations, people within it or departments within it using it, um, which are all great signs. But a lot of our focus is on making the reps extremely successful, the frontline managers extremely successful, and then going from there. And then we, we start diving even deeper into we are a workflow product, right? So we work with tools and systems that people use. So if you're using Google Calendar or Outlook Calendar, great. You're potentially someone that you should use Fireflies, which is a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And then you, we start diving a little bit deeper into, okay, who are our Salesforce users? Who are folks that use uh, tools like, you know, HubSpot CRM or uh, Zoho CRM? Great. We understand that customer segment. We know how to go reach out to those customer segments and we know how we can provide value to those people. And then we look at other things that these people do, right? Okay. looks like they use scheduling tools like X.AI or Calendly or these other sort of tools. Great. You know, if they're using those tools, they make sense uh, to, to work with uh, Fireflies. Um, so we really look at what is our uh, our team, like the customer's current stack, um, and then what is the size of the, uh, that they're from. And ultimately, you don't know all these on day one. Sometimes, yes, it makes sense to just open it up and see what the heck happens. Uh -huh. uh, but that's like throwing a bunch of darts and hoping something sticks. Mm -hmm. um, something we could have done better was really look at um, from one successful customer and try to like step back and see, how many other customers within that role, within that domain, within that industry are there? And we could start scaling it up, right? Because um, right now, a lot of the folks that use it are typically folks that have inside sales teams or have a lot of conferencing calls, right? Whereas if you're like a real estate agent, you might have in-person meetings and do yeah. other things like that. Um, and so that might not be a good fit just yet for us because we don't support some of those capabilities. Mm -hmm. um, just knowing your limitations on terms of who you can support um, I think is also really important because the temptation is we're everything for everybody. And when right. you're like that, you're actually nobody. Uh, yeah. you're, you're nothing for no, uh, anybody. Right. So, yeah. Anyway, that's how we look at customer segment. I think that was a huge aspect to uh, the technology because fundamentally the technology was valuable. Um, you know, there's customers out there that found value from it, but there was a customer segment that I was just obsessed with it. And then we doubled down on that customer. segment. Yeah. That's awesome. And uh, as far as, What's been, uh, what's, what's the one thing that is currently on the roadmap that you, you're, you know, working on, not, not necessarily on a product standpoint, but just as a company as a whole. Yeah. Oh, there's actually a lot of things that our team's working on. Hmm. Uh, is there anything specific that you would be interested in learning more about? Maybe I always like, see, the best thing is asking your customers yeah. versus you trying to like <laughs> say things. So I'm just curious, uh, you know, what that would entail. Are we talking about features? Are we talking about capabilities? Just as far as um, yeah. the, the company, right? What's, what's, if you could do one thing right now, yeah. what would that thing be? And think interesting. All right. Anything, anything goes really. Right. Um, we actually think a little bit more holistically on the, you know, from the ground level uh, where we look at what makes our customers successful is if we can get into every one of those meetings and then do the work for them. Mm -hmm. And the thing is people use all sorts of different tools, right? Some will use web conferencing systems. Some will record their calls like on like some mobile app. Um, and so we've enabled an upload feature where you can upload uh, stuff to fireflies. Um, people will use different sort of power dialers and other sort of systems. And so for us, our number one goal is to make the system as flexible as possible so mm -hmm. that no matter what tools you're using, um, you know, Fireflies can connect and go do that um, uh, efficiently and effectively for you. So that's, that's, that's a lot of work we're doing, right? And I think uh, we're going to continue to do that. And maybe another thing that we like to start thinking about from a larger scale is, great, now you have all this data. 
right? What can we do with that data for you? And what do you want to do with that data, right? And people want to push that data to different systems. People want to do all sorts of different things with it. Um, and so just, just starting to understand a little bit more about how people want to use it. Um, you know, there are things that people want to do uh, with the assistant um, that, or the, the, the calling system, right? And so we look at a couple of different things from that angle. Uh, but our number one goal is very quickly, like, how do we get into every single conversation that you're potentially having? Mm. Um, and then how do we enable uh, success for you there? And then once everything is there, how can we start helping you do different creative things with that data? And so we'll have on the second part, we'll have some interesting stuff coming out uh, in the near future um, that I think uh, a lot of customers have already come with weird, interesting workarounds uh -huh. to use uh, data in that way. And they're just helping us figure out, okay, these are things that we can do to improve it. We can go and build it. Um, so those are some things that we're doing right now, actually. Yeah. That's awesome. And uh, let's see here. What's, what's one thing, we're getting kind of close to the time here. What's one thing that you would um, recommend or advise, you know, anyone that is in a similar position to yourself as far as growing a company and, and really, you know, having a product that solves a pain point? Yeah, uh, I think that I'm pretty early in my entrepreneurship career to give like big uh, grandiose advice, but from what I've seen and things, mistakes that I've made and our team has made and what we've kind of figured out, um, there's ultimately that 10X problem you wanna be solving for people. And a lot of times you can guess, you can try to be a Steve Jobs, but re realistically, um, intuition only gets you so far. In the early days, you have to have a bunch of hypotheses and start testing right? Is this going to work? Is this going to work? Is this going to work? And then you need to be able to ruthlessly like cross them out and keep going to different things. I think the best thing uh, anyone possibly can do in the early days, right? Before they even build a product or write a line of code is validating it, right? With actual like customer interviews. And in those interviews, your job is not to go sell the product, uh, but to be actually able to listen and say like, what are the problems that you have and dig deeper and deeper and deeper until a customer tells you this if I theoretically had this magical wand, it would solve my product, right? Or my, my problem. And I think that's super important. And what ends up happening as entrepreneurs, we get so passionate about our, our, the solution. We don't think hard enough about the problem. And then we try to convince ourselves that the solution we have is 10X, but maybe it's only 2X, right? Um, and I think one of the things I've learned as I started using Fireflies to record and transcribe in all my calls is I realized, holy crap, I'm talking way too much. I need to shut up and listen. <laughs> and then second thing is, he said something or uh, this person said something on this call that totally flew over me because I was thinking of how to respond to something else uh, that was in my mind. Mm -hmm. And we end up, right, like a lot of times we, you know, listen to reply. Uh, we don't listen to listen and actually process mm -hmm. and understand what someone is saying, um, whether it's in person or whether it's in meetings. And so I think being able to actually uh, have a meeting to listen and understand versus listen and reply is like such a huge aspect for founders. Um, and we need to kind of contain our passion and then just be able to see if like, you know, multiple customers can actually point us in the right direction. Cause it's actually really bad if what ends up happening is you think you know what you're doing and then you go build something and then six months later, five months later, you release it. And then you wasted a bunch of money building a service or product that has no value add or fit. Right. Um, I would honestly say, go find your first customers and then go build the product. That usually works out well. <laughs> okay. Awesome. And, uh, what about, you know, self-education and really 
getting a mentor and things like that, where does that fall in? Yeah, uh, I think SaaS has come a long way, um, to be honest. Maybe like four years ago, I had no idea like about Salesforce and some of what a CRM did, right? Mm -hmm. And I've, I've come a long way from, from that time because uh, I think there's also a lot of hype and noise. There's hundreds of sales tools, sales automation tools and all that stuff. Um, so I'm early enough in my career where I had to just like voraciously read and understand. Um, if you look at the marketing tech stack, right? We work on sales tech and mar marketing tech. Uh, there's thousands and thousands of tools and you're like, what actually matters to people? Uh -huh. um, and, you know, companies are buying hundreds of tools for their sales reps and, uh, you know, how many do they actually end up using? Uh, and so these were things that were, it was overwhelming in the beginning, but I just literally, you know, I was reading, uh, you know, from other companies that wrote blogs, other companies that were writing white papers, um, you know, starting to understand as much as possible about this. And then from an engineering side, right, there's a bunch of, you know, white papers on deep learning and machine learning that we end up going and reading about and understanding. So that works out pretty well. So I think you have to constantly be reading what's out there, but you don't want it to get to a point where you have too much information, but not enough to take action, sure. right? Absolutely. Um, and so those are some things that I would say think about. There's great mentors out there. Like I think Jason Lumpkin's probably fantastic mm -hmm. when it comes to Saster and building, uh, you know, business. So everyone should be checking out uh, whoever's building a SaaS company. Um, and I think that there are some great companies out there that are breaking the conventional mo uh, mold in terms of what a SaaS or B2B company needs to be mm -hmm. uh, in terms of how they build the business. So that's also important. Not everyone needs to go hire a hundred sales reps and then go build a business, right? Up front. Unless you have like 20 million, $50 million of cash, great, go for it. Uh, but a lot of times you have to think about things that are fundamentally different. And also all the advice you get, you know, if you're getting advice from someone that's killed it in a later stage, like at a high growth, you know, they're a series C company, those tactics are not going to work for you when you're trying to get to your first 10 or first uh -huh. 50 customers. All right. And so that is really, really important to be able to put all that together um, and realize, is this advice actually relevant to me from the perspective of uh, the stage that my company's at? Mm -hmm. And yeah, so those, those are things that you would want to definitely be able to uh, think, think more about. Yeah. Awesome. And with that being said, what is your favorite book in the business? Uh, there is one book that I've, uh, you know, that I've read recently. I want to get the exact name for you, actually. Let me actually look it up okay. uh, so that I can see it. I believe it's Monetizing in uh, Innovation. Uh, I'll double check on that. But that was a really good book. Usually I don't read, read books uh, necessarily as much as, uh, um, uh, but yeah, I, I believe it's Monetizing Innovation. I'll take a quick look at that. But that's usually a good, uh, really good book. Uh, that I would recommend people because for us pricing was such a huge aspect um, how pricing works utility all that stuff uh, that helps uh, that, that book helped uh, teach a lot um, people talk about the more you know the everyone talks about crossing the chasm and things like that I mean I've read it briefly I've skimmed through things but it really depends on the business you're in uh, the things that you're trying to solve um, so fundamentally I think that book helped us a lot yeah Awesome. I'll definitely have to check that out. And Chris, do you have any questions for myself? Um, no, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm just very curious. Like you've probably talked to a lot of founders and a lot of folks. Uh, and I'm, I'm curious, like what sort of, uh, you know, like what sort of thoughts are, or that you have on the SaaS space based on all these conversations that you've tended to have? Yeah. 
Well, and this is actually something that came up in the last in the last interview, also just uh, about an hour ago here. So, um, essentially, the one thing that really stood out to me about everything, and not just the SaaS company, but I think overall, and, and it is SaaS specific, right? Um, because I feel like a lot of people try to automate and, and scale as, as many things as possible, whether that is onboarding or talking to people or whatever it is. And, and, it, and I actually brought this up earlier, right? So it is doing things that, are, that you can't scale and just being more personal with, with individuals and your customers. And I think that's something that society as a whole is kind of missing the point and uh, they, they tend to overlook it, right? And essentially, um, and every transaction um, is a, a, a relationship being built, whether you think of it that way or not. But, you know, the, the moment someone decides to sign up for Fireflies, um, that's a relationship being built and you have to maintain it. You have to keep nurturing it and giving it what it wants, right? In order for it to give you what you want, um, whether you want to think of it as a transaction or any other way, but um, essentially just being being there listening to people seeing what it is that they want and just doing again the non-scalable um i think that's going to allow you to maintain a very low churn rate whether you're already in the single digits like yourself um or or you're at a higher digits right but i think being personable and creating relationships it's essentially um it's essentially why we're doing these things right um building a business and, and helping individuals uh have better sales calls become uh, more productive, whatever the tool may be. Um, I think understanding where the people are coming from and what they need and what they want out of your product is extremely important. And it's not always going to be as simple as putting a video and then showing them how to onboard themselves uh, or sending an email, right? Um, I think yep. having a phone call and uh, getting as much information as possible from them is very important. Yep. Now, I think you, you, you've hit it on you know, especially in the early days, you want to be like friends with all your customers Absolutely. and be able to be on a texting basis with them. And I think that helps get feedback faster. The faster you yeah. can get feedback, the faster you iterate, the faster you get to product market fit. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, so I think that's all for today. And uh, I, again, Krish, I'm very appreciative of you taking the time out of your day to have this interview with me and, and tell us a little bit more about Fireflies AI. And uh, honestly, it's a very, very cool product. And I think anyone that has a sales team or is in sales or is selling some sort of product or customer service, whatever it may be, um, should check it out. There's a lot of potential with your company and, and what you're doing right now. Um, but I think, and, and this, I, again, this is very early stage. There's, I'm assuming there's lots of things coming from you guys uh, that are going to be pretty, pretty awesome. So I'm definitely going to keep my eyes out for whatever you guys come out and, uh, Maybe I'll even become a customer of yours. So uh, again, thank you for hopping on this phone call. And uh, where can people find you online? Yeah, so they can find uh, our company at fireflies.ai. Um, they can find me on LinkedIn, Chris Ramanini. And they can also find me on Twitter. Typically, I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. Um, mm -hmm. And I'm uh, always like sharing stuff people are talking about in the space, uh, in the SaaS space. Um, and then, yeah, I'm, I'm part of a couple of the SaaS uh, Facebook groups as well. Mm -hmm. um, you know. That's where you can find me. Cool. Awesome. Thank you. And again, thank you to everyone that's listening to the SaaS AdLab podcast. Uh, you can find myself on Instagram. I don't really post much, but that's really the only thing that I have other than the Facebook group. Um, so that's going to be Camacho.ftm and also Phantom.agency. If you're a SaaS founder, entrepreneur, or anything in that area, make sure you join the group. And if you want to be on the podcast, just uh, submit the application, let us know, and we'll have you on here. 
Um, and uh, again, thank you, Chris, for joining us. And I challenge every single one of you to go and do something uh, that's going to help you become a better person, become a better individual, and just help people around you. Um, so again, thank you very much for, for being here with us today and uh, appreciate the time. Great. No, thank you for having me. All righty. Thanks.